0: The biggest overhaul to F1 rules since their inception, and it's all changed at the top as it seems the torch has truly been passed on to the next generation, and the old guard almost looked old hat. Uh, welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. Today, hosting today will be me, Owen Medford, and joining me today is uh, Jawad Yakub from Hit the Apex Media um so today we'll be giving our uh, analysis and reaction to qualifying for the 2022 bahrain grand prix um we're streaming the lo- show live on youtube so if you're listening after the fact be sure to like to our facebook page and subscribe to our youtube channel formula one grid talk and ring the bell, I- ring the bell icon to make you make sure you're notified of sh- future shows there we go got there in the end um so just a slightly different change in the format um uh, just based on sort of the people that we have available today, um, is we're just, uh, just going to sort of be more of a chat really um, and I kind of want to start with, uh, with Charles Leclerc because Ferrari um, you know, it, it, obviously it's been sort of 10 years since uh, Ferrari were um, able to, I was about to say able to fight for a championship, obviously they did sort of fight for a championship but uh, as we found out in a less than legal way a couple of years ago um, but Charles Leclerc has, you know, shown everyone up and, you know, plunked his, uh, you know, his his scarlet red Ferrari on pole um, ahead of Max Verstappen, which I don't think I I suspected. We obviously saw that they had pace, but we assumed that um, the established operators like Red Bull and Mercedes would have more in their pocket. Um, And although it's not by much, um, it's actually quite a surprisingly large margin, isn't it? Uh, Sorry, just sort of. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not by nothing, is it, Jord?
1: No, not at all. And um, at the end of the day, just the suspicions everyone had in the preseason about, you know, F- Ferrari having used that time that they had in 2020 and 2021 to focus development on this year, it's kind of paid dividends. I mean, it's still way too early in the season to say whether they've uh, hit the nail on the head because we've seen Ferrari make some uh, fast starts in Recent seasons, um, 2017, 2018, and even 2019, as you say, but you know haven't been able to sustain that challenge all the way through. But it is a clear statement from Leclerc there. Um, and then when you look at the margins, not only to Verstappen in second, but his teammate Carlos signs only six thousandths of a second slower. Than him, you know. I think it's it's on, and you know, between the two teammates as well is something I'm really looking forward to.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually. I mean, they looked incredibly close last season, um, and it you know long may that continue. Um, obviously, that might cause some issues for Ferrari, as uh, typically they like to have a number one and a number two. Um, hopefully, that doesn't cause too many issues. Um, but like you say, it's such a close, it's such a close sort of margin between the two that you really feel like that you know, Max Verstappen must've been pulling everything out of that. Um, and, and do you think there's almost, it, it, he's almost lucky to be where he is? Um, you know, cause it, it he could have made a mistake and we'd be looking at a locked out Ferrari front row.
1: We could have easily. Yeah. But also just Verstappen has been operating at the peak as well all weekend, you know, uh, Red Bull or Red Bull powertrain cars have been fastest throughout all the practice sessions this weekend. Um, Ferrari just, you know, either they had, uh, you know, sandbags in the car or whatever throughout the weekend up until qualifying. Um, Yeah, it could have gone either way, flip of a coin, I think. So, um, you know, it's more about what's going to happen tomorrow now in the race starting P2 might not be a bad thing for Max, given the fact that last year uh, Lewis Hamilton started second and eventually won the race. So, you know, Red Bull have a great race car under their belt as well, as well as Ferrari. So it's going to be a nip and tuck little fight here that we've got on our hands for the Grand Prix.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm happy to see that. Um, uh, But as you say, you know, there's that, that that. there's that sort of ability to get in a car that Max Verstappen has and to be honest um, regardless of what you think about the World Championship last year he is World Champion and you can you know the guy already had a load of confidence um, they say there's sort of an extra sparkle that you can pick up that extra little tenth of a percent or whatever it is that you know of you confidence that you get from being a Formula One World Champion and you know he's, he's come back and hit the ground running um, as has Carlos Sainz Carlos Sainz obviously um you know, joined the team last year um, and it looks like he's not joined a dud, um, which is excellent for him. Um, you know, I mean, as the form book says, the form book says that if you were, uh, if you win in Bahrain, you're not necessarily guaranteed to win the championship. If, if anything, it's more likely that you, if you come second, you win the championship. <laughs> um, so would w- he be looking for a, maybe a second place uh, <laughs> next uh, uh, tomorrow?
1: Yeah, um, I'm sure he'd be happy with the top three finish to start off the season. He, I think, he's only finished his best finish in Bahrain is only sixth, so he's already, you know, on track to better that. Um, but yeah, for me, coming into the season, science was kind of like the the sleeping or the silent assassin kind of character because all this attention and hype is on Leclerc, given that you know he's kind of the de facto leader of the team and everything. But Science has just been an underrated driver his whole career. And I really hope this season we get to see him in the mix if if they are going to go after a title. Um, You know, it was on, he could have had his first pole position um, this evening and um, could be on for a maiden win as well tomorrow um, in Formula 1. So, you know, he's going to be one, I think, you know, while people haven't talked as much about him, I feel like you know the the conversation will start and we'll be watching science a bit more closely. And you know it's no like it's no easy thing to rock up at Ferrari you know to be chosen to drive a Ferrari, you know like obviously you've got to be special and you know for science to when he decided to ultimately go to Ferrari at that t- point in time, you know, McLaren were very much you know better off in the championship and they looked better off as a team, whereas Ferrari, you never knew what was going to happen next. But you obviously saw what they were doing, what they were working towards for 22. That's always been their target. And um, you can say already it's paid dividends. So now we just got to see the results come. And I'm looking forward to it. I think I was reading um, a tweet from Aaron Harper, uh, Five Red Lights, who's also guest on the show quite a bit. Saying, yeah, you know, he's never rooted for um, a red car before, but seeing both Leclerc and Science do well in qualifying actually made him happy. And I agree with that. You know, I've never been big Ferrari fan, but it's hard not to like these two drivers, this combination. So, you know, as regrettable as it is, we're kind of like, yay, good on them.
0: Yeah, um, I'm just thinking to myself, it's just weird that we still think of, like, you know, Carlos Sainz has been around for so long and he's still a young driver, as it were. (laughs) I mean, which says something for uh, some of the other drivers in the sport, how long they've been around. Um, uh, Up next, though, we've got uh, Max Verstappen's teammate lying in, uh, you know, lying direct behind him. So, you know, could be great for uh, seeing off any challenges from... um, from Sainz uh, trying to disrupt Fer- Ferrari's plans um, is Sergio Perez, obviously. Um, good luck from him. Um, a little bit, you know, you, very clearly you can see in sort of the times, obviously, he's uh, 0.3 of a second or so, you know, 0.25 or something, I think, um, from Carlos Sainz. Um, that doesn't matter. It's only eight metres. Uh, the gap's same same for everyone. Um, but obviously, you know, it's just that little bit further behind uh, the Ferrari uh, from the front threes um that's sort of what i noticed. is that they, they've the, the results have sort of almost, strat- almost stratified a little bit um mm. but you know sergio's a really experienced racer um potentially obviously with these uh the, the the sort of the the changes to the regulations do you think maybe he can um obviously red bull is the way it is but do you reckon he can uh get into a podium position or, or maybe win the race from there at all
1: yeah, well, he's easily in the mix as well because um, we're not looking at qualifying margins on race day. We're seeing what's, um, what they can do on track. And as you said, Sergio is a great racer and he always gets the result on Sunday. Um, for me, it's interesting because last year, one of the biggest um, criticisms, uh, criticisms of Perez was The fact that, you know, he wasn't qualifying close enough to Verstappen to be able to help Red Bull in their strategy. So already we're here in the first race, and you can say he's ticked that box. Um, It's going to be important for them if they're going to be going after that Constructors Championship that they couldn't win last year so I feel like we haven't talked a lot about Perez um, during qualifying anyway it's been more so on the top three the focus but if he can do this every weekend I'm sure he'll keep uh, the hierarchy at Red Bull happy keep um, Helmut Marco happy and ultimately he's fighting for um, a seat there in 2023 so um, that's going to be the, the thing it's kind of measured on because we know he's excellent on Sundays, but it's about making sure he qualifies in that top four or top five to be able to support uh, Max on race day.
0: Yeah, excellent point. Um, obviously, yeah, um, uh, I think uh, not. I was about to say arguably, but, you know, undoubtedly uh, Sergio Perez was instrumental in helping uh, Max win the championship last year. Drivers Championship, um, you know, with sort of his defence in Abu Dhabi and a couple of other races as well, Um, and uh, as you say, you know, the fact that he's got into the into the top four, which was sort of he's rounded out his he's almost fully rounded out his abilities, with there with you know getting himself into a into a high uh, qualifying position um, and could be a real you know assuming nothing goes wrong in the race um you know Sergio Perez has been around mm. in the around the block a lo- uh, enough times to know <laughs> to know uh, to get out of incidents um you know this isn't this isn't 2013 as it were um, no, no. so yeah that's uh, you know he, that's actually a really strong position that i hadn't considered um now I can't believe I'm saying this in some ways you know that I thought the way that Mercedes had gone through last year the way that they seemed to have backed off their development the way that they um just generally are, you know, you know, have they been in 2019 when they've been at testing and clearly on the back foot and then come back to the first race and blow us all away. Um, it's not, it's not happened. Um, you know, another three tenths back, um, which puts him sort of, you know, getting on for three quarters of a second off the pole sitter is Lewis Hamilton. Um, which, you know in some ways bearing in mind how we've seen how the car's been developing over the year over the sort of the past few weeks um almost feels like where it should be but bearing in mind where the car was in practice three as well it almost looked like they were getting on top of it and they were you know it was back to mercedes of the mercedes status quo almost
1: yeah, it's been so up and down just across this weekend. And then looking at the practice three times, um, people thought, oh, you know, they've, they've cured their problems and everything. And then when you look at the the qualifying result, it speaks otherwise. So um, Toto Wolf said it clearly after, after qualifying that, you know, we're the third quickest car at the moment, um, you know, but I feel given the depth of resources that Mercedes have and, you know, the people that they have available um, for their development and everything, it's only going to be a matter of um, a couple of races. And I think, you know, they'll have the upgrades that they need to be able to get on top of the problem. So, again, it's the the porpoising that's been the key term from pre-season um, that's uh, hampering them at the moment. So, um, yeah, you know, for Hamilton to be fifth fastest, you know, it's so, uh, you know, I'm so used to seeing him after qualifying straight into Park Ferme instead, you know, he walks straight past and into the, um, where they get weighed and everything, and then off he went to, to do media. So it was a very foreign kind of sight to see that. But, um, yeah, you know, who knows what the how the race will pan out for him you know he's obviously in a good position there in fifth he we know how he races he's a seven-time world champion so you know i'm sure he can pull a result out of the bag if um if all things go his way and often he is quite uh, <laughs> um blessed with the way uh the results go in his favor sometimes
0: oh yeah definitely um yeah some people say it's lucky but I think you know he'd say you make your own luck um you know you don't become a seven-time world champion off of nothing and we've still got to remember that this is the first guy is the only person ever to win a race in every single champ- uh, every single year that he's competed in so mm. you know I, I I fully agree with what you say there. I, I think Mercedes aren't eight aren't uh what is it eight haven't got eight consecutive worlds constructors championships for nothing they've been on the you know looking on the ropes and the pass on the back foot they always come back you know swinging they'll as you say they'll understand that car they'll understand how they get the best out of it and as has been said by multiple commentators um you know just this weekend there's potential in that car you know it's a highly innovative innovative Sorry, design with the way the side mm. pods are, and and you know potentially if they get over this this small these few hurdles at the start, um, you know we might be back to sort of why is uh, why is Lewis Hamilton winning all the time uh, at the front <laughs> uh, before we know it. So you know if that if that was the case, just let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy what's happening. Um, and speaking of enjoyment, uh, I'm just going to say that this the next two drivers are my favourite results I've ever seen from qualifying. Um, I'm, I'm so happy to see them, where they are and what they're doing. Um, because anyone that said, oh, you know, Valtteri Bottas is a bad driver. Valtteri Bottas is, uh, you know, he's, he's slow. He can't do anything. He doesn't defend. You know, he's he's, he's, a, he's sort of a has-been. He was never as good as anyone thought. Um, you drop him in an Alfa Romeo that seems to be bl- pretty quick. Um, you know, sharing the third row with Lewis Hamilton is Valtteri Bottas in the Alfa Romeo. That's That's a turnaround, isn't it?
1: It's a big turnaround and look, you know, Alpha was one of those teams throughout preseason where you really didn't know what, um, where they were going to shake out. And, um, at one point, you know, in Barcelona, you could have said, oh, you know, they're going to be at the back again, but then all weekend they've, um, apart from the first practice where Beltri spent most of the time in the garage, uh, both he and his teammate have been, you know, setting some quick times. Um, a lot's been said about the Ferrari-powered teams as well. That they've, uh, you know, just just probably the Ferrari power unit alone has, you know, boosted them up the grid. But I think, yeah, you know, they seem to have made a great package. And uh, what's what's the run? Valtteri had um, ninety-six races that he had for Mercedes. He had all of them were Q three appearances and he's kept that streak up so you know he could be on for 100 consecutive um q3 appearances if he keeps it up this way but yeah sixth is you know by far that team's best qualifying result in quite a while i'm I'm, i feel
0: (laughs) yeah i don't have the figures um we need need to get sean the stat man kelly back on um but yeah it's been a long long while and uh i mean it's one of those things where you think you know, if the, if their if their long run pace is as good as is, is as good as their uh, qualifying pace, we could we could be looking at an Alpha Romeo, you know, an Romeo, you know, getting second or third in the championship, which is kind of nuts. Like if you'd have told me that a year ago, I'd have laughed at you. Um, and you know, similarly, we move on to uh, Kevin Magnussen parachuted in, um, parachuted in as what has done a few days worth of testing. Uh, you know, three. Well, it's one and a half days worth of testing, uh, three hours worth of practice this weekend, and he is seventh in a in a Hasferari. Ferrari. And I think that's right speak, I mean that speaks to the success of the rules. I would say, like that, like just on the surface, these these results have, have proved that the rules have worked
1: it's also proved that Haas were wise with their development last year too, as much as we were all making fun of them and their driver lineup at that stage. um, They've clearly put the money that they saved and, you know, the availability of their um, wind tunnel allocations and all that to, to good use. And yeah, you know, even Mick Schumacher, his teammate um, setting some good times all weekend. So I think, you know, overall, that midfield fight, it's going to be so muddled throughout the season where we could see the standings changing every race. Um, for the constructors' standings, you know, one the, after this weekend, if, you know, they finish where they qualified, they'll be, uh, you know, sitting wherever third, fourth, fifth in the championship. But then next weekend, they might drop down. Alpine might drop up. Uh, pick up or alpha and then it just keeps changing throughout the whole season so that's going to be worth looking forward to um but yeah for for Magnussen to just drop back into the team it's like he never left you know we know he's got potential he's just never been able to show it in a in a consistently good car and then where he left the car um you know back at the end of 2020 you know it's it's a big evolution for the team as a whole to to where it is now so that that made me really happy and Bottas's result as well
0: yeah it's just I mean I, I mean there's a lot to be said for the fact that Kevin Magnussen can go away do I mean literally prototype racing which is not exactly the uh the easiest thing in the world um and as you say drop back into uh, a Haas team that has clearly used its development resources wisely. I think they would have had the most on the grid, um, wind tunnel time and CAD, uh, CAD uh, parts um, available. Um, sorry, CFD runs available. And uh, and yeah, I think you know they, they, we've got we've all got to sit up and take notice because you know they've clearly not, not here to play, play around. Um, after that, we have uh, a familiar face, Fernando Alonso, uh, in the Alpine Renault. Um, I, don't really, I haven't really sort of kept tabs too much on Alpine. Um, I don't think they were doing too badly, but again, it's a it's a bit of a more of a shake up in that we've got, you know, we've got an Alpine out qualifying a Mercedes, which you would have never said never would have said last year.
1: All part of their plan, I guess. Um, yes, <laughs> had to had to drop it um, in there. Um, no, like they've they seem to be doing all right. You know, it's hard to get a proper gauge when they're still the only team running a Renault power unit. They've obviously got no um, other data to gather um, and to be able to, like, develop the car around. But, you know, they seem to be making positive steps. They've got to, I guess, you know, they've got a new management structure. They've got a more clearer direction of what they um, need to do. And, you know, Alonso, again, another driver who not typically great on a Saturday, but on a Sunday can really hustle to get a good result, so... You know, that's going to be a feisty little um battle pack I see there between Bottas, Magnussen, and Alonso. And who knows what the race pace will be like for Hamilton up ahead if he even falls into that kind of battle because, yeah, that would be quite interesting to watch. And given the fact that, you know, these new cars are meant to be all about um closer wheel-to-wheel racing, I think, you know, we'll just be sitting there salivating over how close these guys are racing um, for fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth if um, it uh, all comes to fruition.
0: Yeah um, hopefully. I mean one thing I've been sort of saying to myself is that well the cars are already pretty well mixed right now. Um, obviously we know that over a set of set, set of rules the teams will work out the best way to do stuff uh, and they gradually converge and things like that. If we've got this in the first like in the first qualifying session of the first race of these new rules, um, I can't, I can't wait to see where it goes, uh, where this is going to go now. I think this puts us in an incredibly sort of healthy spot, um, going forward, watch the F1 teams, like watch the teams prove me wrong. And we end you know, end up with complete domination and, and they'll find, <laughs> and they'll find ways to, you know, tune the the bodywork of the cars in ways they weren't meant to, to, uh, to ruin the racing. I'm sure that they'll find what they'd find ways to do that given long enough. Um, but right now it looks like we're in a good spot. Um, the person who's not in a good spot, I would say, uh, is George Russell. Um, weird qualifying session in that you know Q1, Q2, he's fine, he's doing well, he's maybe a, you know two tenths off the pace from his teammate, which ultimately is your you know it, as a seven-time world champion that Lewis Hamilton is, um, you know is someone you've got to kind of uh, is is almost what the best yard mark. Um, Q3, bit of a nightmare.
1: Yeah, was he was he driving his Williams from last year out there? It almost seemed like it. So the fact that you know Bottas out qualified him in an Alfa Romeo was was funny in that you know just me instantly had had memes come to mind and whatnot. Um, Valtteri calling up Toto saying, "Valtteri, oh sorry, Toto, it's Valtteri." (laughs) Um, But yeah, no yeah it's a difficult one for George because you know all this anticipation and expectation um, is moving to a championship winning team and as soon as he gets there they're kind of not in that dominant spot but um at least he's got a car which should be able to race with those guys in in the top 10 you know he if he drops out of the points I'll be really surprised and be like, wow, that's that's really bad. But um, he should still be able to pick up some points. I think um, we've seen his reputation as as Mr. Saturday. So it's about now, you know, being able to assert himself on a Sunday and, um, you know, just get points. That's probably all they can do at the moment. You know, if they're not getting points, then that's, that's not good for Mercedes and for Russell as well because, you know, he's up against seven-time world champion as he said and um it's the best possible comparison or yardstick to have in 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 the sport so if he's not gonna match up against that early regardless of whether they've got a good car or a bad car then it it shows more about the driver than it does um the team
0: Mm, yeah um i mean (sighs) i think i think george is you know based on what we saw i think lewis, he must have had a mistake i'll be honest um that's like just to just to before before we you know get anyone uh you know too worried about george's uh, <laughs> you know it's he's going to get kicked out by race two it's not going to happen no it's
1: not going to happen <laughs> I, mean, I
0: was going to say like toto's got too much invested in him personally um you know it, it's a i mean he, he out qualified lewis going into q1 and he's like I said, it's a I, I can't see anything other than a mistake putting in one second behind his teammate in 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 Q three. I think it's fine, as you say. I think he's he's going to be able to race. He's got the car to be able to do it. Um, it'll be fine. It'll work out okay. It's George Russell. He's <laughs> yeah. You know, every, everyone has everyone has one. And if anything, if you want a bad qualifying performance, do it what first right off the bat when you can claim that you're not used to the car. Um, That's it. Uh, after that, we have uh, we have Pierre Gasly rounding out the top ten. Um, you know, it's it's quite a good effort from him. Um, he's, I've just noticed he's done a, he's done a lot more laps than anyone else to uh, to get that uh, get that time. Um, kind of an anonymous performance from the uh, from from him because I don't I haven't really noticed. I just think he's you know he's pumped his laps in and and there we are, tenth.
1: Yeah, it, it, I I do agree with that and. Usually, not just Gasly, but Tari in general do well in Bahrain in both qualifying and in race spec. So I kind of feel a bit disappointed that, you know, 10th was the best that they could do. Um But again, you know, I feel it, it'll just come down to how well they all can race together. Like, you know, it definitely seems like, a pack that will be compressed and like how will overtaking work and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, and Gasly has had some sensational results at this track. So um, he'll he'll be on for a good result if, uh, if they can all race together.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, it's Gasly actually is ever since he's come back and, or you know, he's had a he's kind of had a sort of reinvigoration of his career. Um, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, I hope that doesn't come at the cost of uh, of George, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, but we, but you never. I, I mean, the thing about Bahrain is you can you can never tell, really. Like we'll get to turn four, and someone will be up the inside of someone else, and and it will turn everything on its head. And you know, we'll, we'll look silly, probably. Um, but yeah, it's a decent enough result. Um, speaking of decent enough, enough results, we've got Esteban Ocon, um, only missed out on Q3 by what, seven tenths, I believe? Uh, Valtteri Bottas was the person that he, that he was out qualified by. Um, that's pretty like, it's pretty close. It would have put him in the mix. Um, and I think that, that's almost good for for Alpine. You know, they've got two drivers who are clearly like, with the, with this new car are actually fairly close to each other and um, and that should work out well for them, I think
1: yeah, should do as well. Um, Ocon will have a lot of confidence this year, you know, on a multi-year deal. um team seems to be heading in the right direction. So, um, yeah, like you know, there was hope if they made big enough a step, you know, we could see Ocon up there with the other young drivers fighting at the front. Perhaps that's a step too far at the moment, but, he's definitely in a good position to be able to um, score some good results for that team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's only up for him um, really. And then we have Mick Schumacher in 12th place. Um, that's a really good performance for me. Um, bearing in mind that 12th was sort of the, the upper echelon of where you could, you could put a house last year uh, uh, and that would have required, you know, f- sort of five retirements and and probably two red flags as well to boot. Um, <laughs> I think it's uh, just that. Uh, I think that also speaks to the sort of the quality of the Haas this year, and and if anything, nails down the fact that yeah, it makes a slightly less um, experienced driver. But you know, he's going to get he's going to get better than that. And I think I think if this is the baseline for where Haas can be, that's that's going to put them in a great position. But to, you know, in the short term, even tomorrow, I think we could we could see the uh, Mick Schumacher impressing us, right?
1: that would be that would be great and as um everyone says as well mick schumacher in his second year in whatever championship he does is generally when we kind of see the best of him come out not that you know he's gonna set the world on fire <laughs> in a Haas, or we could be wrong you know with, with these new cars and everything but um you know yeah to qualify 12th first race great job um when you consider the names that he's ahead of that we'll get to shortly as well um and yeah you know points could be around the corner which would be amazing like there was never any doubt about um his talent and how well he'll do but you know to be here in the first race both cars qualifying in the top 12, seventh for Magnus and 12 for for Mick. it's it's like, yeah, if if I'm Gunter I'll be like uh, on the phone of Jean Haas saying we look like a bunch of legends right now because um, yeah, it, it's it's great compared to where they were last year. So yeah, I think for Mick, um, just staying out of trouble as well in the race will be important. It's probably, he's probably surrounded by drivers. He's not really had to race before, given how terrible their car was last year and was basically only fighting with his teammate. Um, So, yeah, it's just about that race awareness and seeing how he goes alongside, you know, guys like Ocon, Gasly and um, uh, Russell and all. So, yeah, look forward to see how he goes tomorrow and also just the rest of the season,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good point you make. Uh, he's around people that he hasn't had to, well, he's, ever, he's around people. That's that, full stop. That's where it is. That's, <laughs> unfortunately for the for, you know, if you're a hash driver in a cup in recent years, that's uh, that's been the most, you know, that's the best thing you can take out of it. But yeah, points are literally just around the corner for him. Uh, continuing this, um, people that I don't see points just being around the corner for, um, McLaren, Mercedes. Uh, so yeah, McLaren, Mercedes, um, Lando Norris, 13th. Um, mm. You know, there's obviously, you know, we've been talking about how we're happy to see, you know, certain people up there. Um, obviously, if there's winners, there's got to be losers in Formula 1. And just just a weird performance for McLaren, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's, um, yeah, you know, after Barcelona, where everyone is so optimistic, you know, they, they look great. They arrive in Bahrain. They've got these brake problems going on. They've got Daniel Ricciardo um, missing the entirety of the test with, with COVID. And then, even in practice, having a, a water leak uh, pretty much meant that he missed quite a bit of running on the Friday. But Lando, I mean, the one positive thing to take away from the situation at present is you know, at least Lando is trying to get the best out of the car he can, you know. So in Q1, yeah, I think he was seven-tenths quicker than than his teammate. I could be wrong, but it was a, a quite a ridiculous margin. And then, you know, he was kind of on the cusp of, of Q3, but, you know, just the way that the other drivers were putting in lap time, and the way that McLaren is understeering at the moment, um, it was like, yeah, it's very, it's very much like he's going to miss out. And um, you know, I don't know who for the race how it's going to pan out for him. It's not looking good at the moment. But like we said about Mercedes earlier, um, with the way that this season's going to be with development and upgrades they're going to come thick and fast. You'd hope that um a team like McLaren could you know within the next two races for example bring some upgrades to get on top of these issues because yeah, you know underneath they've got a strong package. Um we know how great Lando is. He was, you know, easily top 5 driver last year. We know how good Ricardo can be as well and it's going to be an important year for him to to get it together after last year's struggles um but yeah we just need to see that car um get the the fixes it needs to to be able to show that
0: yeah of course um you know under steel wise you you know that's that's a bit more of a, a problem that needs fixing that uh, you know you need to get on top of that but um as as brake pro- as problems go uh overheating brakes well you know short term quite quite a bad one um you'd want to get that sorted uh, maybe before you were in a race weekend but um it's also one of those things that given you know given a race i imagine they'll be on top of um and that you know might put them into but a, in a better position at least to be able to uh, contest during the races um now we have the i think it's the highest place that williams has been in a, quite a long while in qualifying um obviously you know uh George Russell's amazing performances uh last year not really included in that um but we've got uh, Alex Albon um 14th place um it's not amazing but it's not sort of the doom and gloom that I've sort of forecasted on them uh at the start you know in, in, in the sort of preview show isn't it
1: it does um yeah I've at one point I thought you know both Williams will be out in Q1 but um it's good to see at least one of them get into Q two and and fourteenth um, ahead of ahead of you know some other big names that <laughs> ended up going out in, in Q one. So uh, a good job there done by by Albon, his first race back in F one as well. We've got to remember he was out for a year. So um, race pace wise, I'm not sure where they're gonna pan out, um, but just a solid qualifying effort, and if, you know, he's going to be measured this year against his teammate or vice versa, um, Nicholas Latifi's going to be tested against um, Alex Albon, then, you know, it's obviously advantage to Albon already in the first qualifying.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, sort of going to be interesting to see. Um, right. I mean, Obviously, it's not sort of a uh, – it's not so um, – What's the word? Amazing, I would say. As uh, as Bottas is um, uh, Bottas is sixth place, um, but we have uh, Zhou Guan Yu. Um, that is apparently how he prefers to have it pronounced. So we will, you know, obviously defer to that. Um, uh, so you know, fifteenth uh, place. Bearing in mind, you know, he's a rookie. Um, that's it's still a really, really good sort of result. Um, just outside the drop zone, obviously. Um, but he's he's outqualified a number of established faces in uh, in there, and and that's got to build your confidence, you know, no matter what the circumstances around it.
1: Yeah, I was quite um, impressed with uh, Guanyu getting into Q two. Uh, that car is quick, you know, and you know, wasn't expecting him to set the world on fire like uh, Valtteri did with with sixth, but you know, to get out of Q one qualify 15th and as you say, you know, some notable names still yet to come as well. I think it, it was a good job. So, you know, Guanyu's never been a driver that's kind of stood out to me in his F2 days as being, you know, someone who's gonna be amazing or, you know, really, you know, make their mark. But we just we'll see how he goes this year. I think, you know, if he puts in some solid performances, if they've got a car capable, as we we possibly will see tomorrow, a car capable of scoring points um, on a regular or semi-regular basis, then, you know, I think the important thing he'll be measured on is to be able to pick up some points as well at some point this season. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, getting out of Q1, first box ticked for him. We'll see how he goes tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's all sort of steps on the ladder um, up to being, you know, a confident Amazing Formula One driver. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, we have, actually, I, you know what, I don't think there's any uh, sort of beating around the bush with it really. It's quite a disappointing result for uh, from Yuki Tsunoda. Um, I was hoping for <laughs> more from him. Um, I was hoping for more from him based on, you know, the fact that he said that he was actually, you know, taking the, the fitness side of Formula One a lot more seriously, he moved to and you know, done all the things that Franz Tost had said, you know, I thought they were developing well. Um, and a, a 16th place is not a, that, that doesn't reflect the kind of effort he's putting in. Um, and, it you know, it, it, if anything, it's a step backwards from last year, isn't it?
1: It is, you know, definitely. And given that this was the circuit that he made his debut at and he scored points on his debut here, you would have thought that, oh, yeah, you know, he's familiar with a place um, and, uh, sorry, Alpha AlphaTauri in general go well here. So you would have thought he'd be further up the, the order. But to be knocked out in Q1 very disappointing. Um, a lot of people have the expectation that, yeah, this year Tsunoda is going to be a lot better than last year. You know, it's kind of just dismissed as uh, his rookie season. It Yeah, you know, teething problems, and he just had to be a bit more disciplined, focus on his fitness. We know he had Alex Salbon as a kind of a mentor later on in the season as well. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Disappointing as it is, perhaps it is too early to, to, to judge. But yeah, you know, it's definitely very, very far back from where he wants to be, particularly given that this is a place he scored points last year.
0: Yeah, it's almost... I uh, just hope he doesn't... I mean, I, I hope he comes back. Um, you know, I hope he has a good performance in the race. I hope he comes back with a better qualifying performance uh, next, uh, sort of the week after in Jeddah. Um, but right now, it's not a. it's not a great... Uh, position to be in especially it's like you know as i say it's more like a step back
1: um, especially for sorry um who who does helmet marco have any way to replace him at the moment i can't imagine there'd be many red bull junior drivers who've super license ready
0: probably not um <laughs> if that's blessing and a curse in some ways you know there's not many people that you can be can be replaced yeah. with um but yeah no it's uh, <laughs> i mean uh, i mean that's one way of guaranteeing job security but also who'd want to be in the red bull junior program at certain <laughs> points so right, i think he's going to churn you out um afterwards we've got i mean this kind of a not obviously it's a, a, an anomalous result really in the, in some ways because obviously sebastian Vettel has COVID. we wish him a speedy recovery um super sub nico hulkenberg however on the other hand has jumped in the car and yes, the Aston Martin doesn't look particularly quick based on where, what it's around and, and where, the, you know, the other drivers in it are. Um, beating your teammate on your uh, on your sort of, uh, on your first jump back in the car, though, has uh, got to be a, a confidence booster, hasn't it?
1: Oh, it definitely a confidence booster. And the fact that, you know, he hadn't even tested that car, um, uh, it was his first experience in this new 2022 car as well, it just shows you how, you know, just greater driver, Nico is, but overall, I've just got to say how disappointed I am with Aston Martin and their results in this qualifying. You know, they're a team that, given all the talk that comes out of Lawrence Stroll, and you know, all the the panache and gravitas, and like, oh, you know, we're pouring x amount of money into the team and the presentation of it all. Seventeen catering
0: facilities. Don't yeah, forget yeah. world class catering all, facilities.
1: All the all the all the extras and whatnot, 17th and 19th is like, are you kidding me? Um, at least, you know, make a step up from where you were last year. Um, but you know, for Holkenberg, the individual performance that was great. Um, and yeah, just we'll look forward to seeing what he can do um, in race spec.
0: Yeah. Um- yeah hopefully um i mean it's just it's really disappointing especially with the with the team personnel that aston martin have it is hugely disappointing bearing in mind that you've got martin whitmarsh i think as ceo uh mm-hmm. you've got my crack from uh bmw's dtm i want to say uh program um running the uh you know running the being the team uh, as team principal yeah that, that, those are not they're not idiots, um, and I mean neither are the drivers, and neither are the staff. Unfortunately, it seems that the cultural shift that um, Stroll, Lawrence, uh, sorry, Lawrence Stroll has brought in um, is is still, you know, working its way through. And you know, while they've been working on a shoestring budget, um, you, you yeah, really expected more. Um, yeah, well,
1: when they were on a shoestring budget, they were doing quite better than what they are now that they they're flush with cash so it's it's just um given the fact that you know um they've set themselves a, a three to five year plan or whatever to to win the championship or so they say it's not like you know people are not expecting them to just make steps forward rather than just hanging around in limbo or even going backwards so you know, we we were all wowed in, in pre-season with, you know, the the presentation of the car. We're like, oh, you know, this is a really nice looking car. It's just got to go quick, which, you know, it hasn't on this occasion. So um, they're definitely, you know, <laughs> going to have some pressure on them to perform um over the next few races.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely work to do. Um And yeah, see, uh, it, it, we carry on in the same theme, really. Um We moved down to... <laughs> Uh, I really, I really like Daniel Ricciardo, and it's and it p- pains me a little bit to see him in 18th place. Um, but they really do, you know. Similarly, they do have a mountain to climb. He wasn't. I'm just looking at the times. Um, you know, he's, he's the the thing is, we can't even say that he's kept close to being in Q uh, in Q2. He's he's quite far away, um, and it, I think it just underlines the problem in the in the McLaren Mercedes uh, is just. You know they're, they're they're quite large, and even a driver of Daniel Ricciardo's quality can't sort of fix them.
1: Exactly, like you know when you compared the laps between the two teammates, um, it seemed that Daniel was struggling more with the understeer and everything, but also given the fact that he's missed um so much track time during testing having been out with covid and then missing crucial time um that he should have been making up for testing on friday with that water leak issue as well he's severely underprepared with this car and you know this is the driver who took how long to adapt to the the last year's mclaren as well so you know, it's going to be a tough one for him. And hopefully, you know, I'm a big fan of his as well, flying the Australian flag and all. Um, But, yeah, um, I hope for his sake that, you know, he can get his act together with the team as soon as possible because, you know, he's eight-time Grand Prix winner. He's so used to being at the front. And, um, you know, it ultimately this year will define... uh, his decision to switch to McLaren from from Renault, he's been jumping ship every couple of years. And, you know, it's it's only a matter of time where uh, that's got to stop. And, you know, they'll look to, to someone else, you know, McLaren already have a bunch of IndyCar drivers that they're eyeing off potentially in the future. We know Lando's future is secured. So, It's uh, Ricardo, sadly, who would be making way if, um, you know, someone else were to come into the team. And I know it's early to be talking about that sort of stuff as well, but, you know, I do, one of the things that, you know, was in the back of my mind coming into this season, drivers that need to perform, it's, one of them is Ricardo, sadly, and it's sadly not in his favour at the moment. A lot of it's not his fault because of, um, you know, COVID and just the car and stuff, but where he can, he's got to be able to put in to to get the performances out like we're seeing Lando do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, issues that he had, you know, it really, really, really hampered him, um, but hopefully he can, you know, sort of get back on the horse, as it were, as quickly as possible. Um we move on to the last row of the grid. um, And uh, it's kind of unfortunate in that it's sort of an all Canadian affair. Um, We've got Lance Stroll for Aston Martin. Um, Again, the, the, I mean, what can we say that we haven't said about Vettel's performance in that the car's fine, but I mean, he's still, uh, sorry, not Vettel's performance. I'm sorry. uh, Hulkenberg's performance. Um, He's he's three tenths off. And that's, I think, is there, there's no excuse for that. Honestly, uh bearing in mind you've got a super a guy who you've got one guy who's had the full plethora of, you know the full complement of testing that you're you, you can do um and nico Holkenberg has literally had three and a quarter hours in the car um let alone the simulator so i i mean what is there to say about lance Stroll's performance there
1: absolutely nothing i think <laughs> um just i think yeah the our feelings have been made clear given the fact that holkenberg outqualified him convincingly with such limited time in the car um yeah you know it's it's hard to really make criticisms against lance given the fact that you know he's always going to be in a position as long as he's driving for his dad's team where he's not going to come under pressure to perform unless, of course, you know, the other shareholders and stuff like that start to say, hey, you know, if we're in a position where we're fighting for for results and constructors' championships, we'll, however far down the line that is, they're going to need that second driver to step it up. Um, I don't see that ever happening. So it's it's as painful as it is, it feels like, you know, most of the time he's just... Making up the numbers on the grid there, but then we do see flashes of brilliance, you know, like we did in Turkey a couple of years ago when he got the pole position, and he's had a few podiums, but it's just yeah on the weekends that he's not there or just doesn't seem motivated enough, it's just so frustrating to watch
0: <laughs> yeah it's um it's just it's, yeah it's it's annoying, um and you know that he's not going to get kicked out of the team unless they are fighting for a world championship or he's binning it every week and causing the issue uh, causing money issues. But unfortunately he's not. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a back to the old Lance stroll almost, which is, uh, it is a shame to see um, with, you know, rounding out, we've got to have someone who has to be last. Unfortunately uh, it's Nicholas Latifi. Um, again, it's kind of bearing in mind, his teammate is in Q2, uh, you know, who, uh, and, and, you know, both laps that Alexander Alexander Albon put in were over nine tenths, up to a second faster. Um, maybe it's a, you know something to be said, but it, do you think maybe Latifi just doesn't get on with this, with the way you have to drive these cars, or, or is that, or is it, you know, is it is that a superficial issue?
1: Who who knows? I mean, against George Russell, we know he. I think did he out qualify him once, and that was just on on some technicality. I don't know, but um, yeah, he's he, as you said. You know, someone's got to be last, and you know, unfortunately, in this instance, it was uh, Latifi. But. I think overall he should have a, a better year. That Williams car is a bit more competitive. It's just when it comes down to qualifying and, you know, you've got such small margins for error, you know, if you don't get your lap together, then you could end up last. So, you know, I'm sure on in future races we'll probably see him get out of Q1 Um and whatnot but yeah you know it's it's not a good start to your season to to be starting last so you know um i feel more disappointed if i was in the aston martin or the mclaren and being in q or even Sonoda being in q1 then then latifi uh qualifying last so yeah
0: yeah um I think you yeah I basically agree. Uh yeah, the, those <laughs> those people shouldn't be back there but you know Miss Williams has been in a sort of rebuild uh, as has been in a more t- sort of tumultuous position uh, a blue He bit should earlier. be
1: used to it. <laughs> yeah, basically.
0: I think the the bigger thing I mean I just kind of come back to it is if you look at the only Mercedes out uh, you know the yeah the only Mercedes in the top 10 are the works Mercedes and um I think does that say something for Mercedes power unit almost? Well, that's the only common factor between those teams. But you look at it and you go, right, everyone else is 13th or below. Um, you know, maybe, obviously, the uh, apparently Mercedes were pushing them, uh, push their power unit a bit hard uh, last year. Do you think maybe this is uh, something they're having to do to maintain the reliability that they want? Is maybe they have to, I guess, back off. They've backed off somewhere. Uh, and it doesn't mm. show so much in the works, Mercedes, obviously, because of, well, we can see maybe maybe the car dynamics of it, you know, uh, you know, suspension and that uh, are a little better than we than we maybe give it credit for, and unfortunately, this is ha- hampering the customer teams a little bit more than we thought.
1: It is a good theory though, and um, it is quite convenient that yeah, you've got six of the eight um, Mercedes-powered cars outside of the top twelve, as it were. So. Um, but yeah, nothing has been said or mentioned about, you know, the Mercedes power unit at all. And it would be quite ironic though, if if it did end up being a power unit problem, because given the fact they came into the hybrid turbo era as the benchmark and have been that benchmark for, um, the whole time, basically up until now. And, you know, um, we see Ferrari and then obviously Red Bull powertrains taken over from Honda, um now having taken up the, the top spots, and then you've got Renault in the middle there. That would be rather sad for Mercedes if they're at the back. But um I don't I don't think it's it's a Mercedes power unit issue. I think power unit-wise, they all seem very much on par. I think Ferrari's probably pulled out um an extra a little bit, you know, given how quick all their cars seem to be conveniently now, you know, uh, they're not gone back to doing the old, the old oil burn thing from 2019. Again, I hope not. Um, but yeah, like I've got all their cars.
0: I was going to say, and other things that we would tell you about, but they're locked away behind an FIA report we're not allowed to
1: read. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, we'll probably never uncover the truth about that um, unless someone wrote a book on it someday. Um, anyway, yeah, you see all the Ferrari-powered cars towards the pointy in the grid now, um, and uh, the Mercedes ones at the rear. So definitely interesting, but, um, you know, we'll have to see a few more races to, to kind of make some conclusions on that
0: yeah definitely uh before i start making uh, conspiracy theories
1: um we need a good conspiracy theory to start off um i'm sure there's already heaps out there anyway people are still conspirating uh, um, talking about abu dhabi and stuff like that so
0: oh goodness yeah (laughs) yeah um all right that rounds us sort of rounds us out um I'm going to take this opportunity one time to just say that uh, I think the, uh, the the McLaren with the chrome wheels that looks great. Um, yes, I am a comedic genius, basking my glory. Um, but now we've done that, um, I think you know it's, we've got to go with predictions for tomorrow. And uh, you know, it's uh, kind of you know the McLarens ruined mine um, from the preview show. But uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you what do you see the podium as uh, going into going into the race tomorrow?
1: Um, I'd love to say uh, I'm gonna put science for the win. Let's say LeClerc second, so Ferrari one, two, and Verstappen finishing third. Um that will go, that will help um part of my pre pre-season prediction there but i did also predict that red bull would have a dreadful uh title defense this year but the way they've started i think you know it's looking pretty good for them um but yeah you know carlos winning his first grand prix will be will be great and um yeah ferrari one two will get the tofosi all hyped up for for uh 2022
0: yeah, um, I, I think I can't remember the exact the exact order of my uh, prediction, but I know I was ridiculed for it uh, for, for the podium for this race. Um, I was saying I, I know that one being uh, Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, and um, and Mick Schumacher, which is kind of gone the way the dodo. Bearing in mind uh, how slow the McLaren is actually turned out to be,
1: we could have what? some. We could have you know three safety cars. Um, all sorts of chaos and uh, yeah, you know, Mick and Mick and Lando will um, I don't know, somehow how, make it up they, to the front. Yeah, somehow make it up to the front. There'll be oh, have they or have they changed that rule where um, you know, a red flag comes out and if you haven't pitted, you can change your tire or something like that. You know, you can still However, change your yeah. Yeah. However, Hamilton in Imola was able to get himself, um, back on the podium and stuff like that. So, you know, there's always tricks to tricks to do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm going to get, you know, what? I'm just going to go with a solid prediction of like Lewis Hamilton third. Cause he, he will end up there. Uh, Bottas second and Charles Leclerc first. I think he can do a lights to flag victory. Um, Obviously, that completely juxtaposes what I said before. But uh, <laughs> I think yeah. I was a lot—I I was a lot better in my prediction of uh, of a Hass being on the podium at all uh, last time than uh, than people would give me credit for. Which um, I'm, hey, taking well, as, I'm taking that one as a win.
1: I um, could see, um, could definitely see Magnuson up there this year if um, if all things go well. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, do, do, have you got any bold predictions? We've got, we've got time.
1: Um hard to hard to say really at the moment. Um McLaren for points. I'm going with McLaren for
0: points, that's mine.
1: Yeah, um it's bold. Um how about uh Mick Mick Schumacher scoring a point? There you go. That that's pretty bold.
0: Is it? Eh, I, you know what? With the way the with the with the way the, the way it is now, I wouldn't say so. But yeah, well, I'll take it. Um, just
1: just caught me off guard. There is always should have. Oh right, I'm earlier, I, but I am no, sorry. But no, that it's is my fault.
0: no, right. it's all good. Yeah. Um, you'll know if you're watching live. There are actually quite a a, a load of you, um, which is you know brilliant. Please, you know, thank you for watching obviously guys um but we stream the show live on youtube so to be sure to like our facebook page and subscribe to our youtube channel youtube channel formula one grid talk and bring the bell icon so you're notified of future shows that is if you're uh listening after the fact um Jared, where can we find you uh we're outside uh, of here obviously
1: yeah so um i do have uh my hit the apex podcast i recorded the first episode last week previewing the 2022 season so you can find that on all good podcast platforms your apple your spotify google i did upload it to youtube as well so um you can also find it there um twitter handle is at hit the apex media um and then there's a link tree on there as well that you can follow um, other accounts and profiles i've got for uh, articles and live blogs and stuff like that so yeah looking forward to um getting some followers this season, new season. Everyone's all excited and optimistic about formula one. Um, let's have a good time.
0: Yeah. Let's hope it's not as, um, divisive maybe as, uh, as last year. Um, <laughs> that's excellent. Um, Right, so uh, what I do mostly, uh, obviously I'm a host on here, but um I also do sort of a lighter look at the uh, at the weekend events um with my with my meme reviews on sportlightpro.com. So uh, if you're just looking for a take on the race that isn't so um let's say uh heavy on the uh heavy on the sort of toxicity online, uh, come on down and we just you know, we'll have a look at the top ten memes, see what we've got to say about them, if they're good, if they're bad. Um just have a look at them on uh on Pro dot com um and now a uh, big and sort of the podcast uh, for for the grid talk podcast itself but if you're a sky Q or a skyglass customer you can find the grid talk podcast on the f1 content page under podcasts yes that is a cheeky little uh crafty reference there but i had to get it in um yeah obviously you know uh, if, if if you want to Experience your grid talk podcast in that way. Uh, more power to you. We uh, we absolutely encourage it. Um, but we're also available on verbal, Amazon Music, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, App, uh, Apple Music, Omni Studio, and Pocket Cast. Just search F1 Grid Talk. Uh, and we have a large back catalog of shows, over 175 episodes now, including interviews with Mario Isola from Pirelli, as well as retrospective pieces on Tiregate and Senna. And we've also got our sort of slightly more casual um f1 firesides uh, piece with uh, with tom horrocks um so if you are still stuck to do for what uh, stuck for what to do between shows um please check out our subreddit f1 grid talk and you can give us uh suggestions for what we can do to improve the show and perhaps subscribe to our patreon for mics lights, lights and better recording equipment for our presenters um we will be back tomorrow sunday 6 p.m uk time uh, and we will be giving our analysis and reaction to what sort of is teed up to be uh you know an excellent Bahrain Grand Prix um I absolutely can't wait to look forward to it uh sorry can't wait to uh, to watch it um I'm really looking forward to it um so thank you very much for watching and uh and goodbye
1: thank you guys enjoy the race
0: yeah